0: It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, we're going to be looking back in our series of what ifs, and now look at the quarterback position. What if Kyler Murray and or Kyle Allen never transferred from College Station? How would their seasons have turned out? And would a and have their third Heisman Trophy winner should the latter have stayed for an extra two years? Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show. That's my name. Don't wear it out. If you like what you hear and if you think that I'm doing something right or something wrong, I always love public criticism. I always love public feedback. Anything I can do to make this show better, I am more than happy to learn. So give me a quick follow at Mr. Cole Thompson. And secondly, at Locked on Aggies. Locked On Aggies is your number one source for all things related to the 12th man here on the Locked On Podcast Network, so give us a follow at Locked On Aggies, and subscribe to us here on the channel, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, or even just going to LockedOnPodcast.com. Make sure you listen to us every single day. We try to get a show out at least once a day. Sometimes, we're lucky, we'll get four or five out a week. But right now, because of everything going on, you know, it's sometimes hard to generate news. So we're trying to keep you guys interested in stuff going around the world. But remember, it's at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Before we start breaking that down, Johnny Manziel back in the news. It literally at this point in his career, if Johnny Manziel sneezes, it's newsworthy. And I think that's when you show who was the most significant Aggie of all time. In our series a couple weeks ago, we were talking about who was the greatest Aggie of all time. And I voted Dat Wing and I also voted Johnny Manziel out in the Elite Eight. I did not have him in my Final Four. But at the same time, if you're talking about most successful or most dominant Aggie who's ever lived, it's Johnny Football. It, it, it's easily Johnny Football. Because all Manziel did was, he was out hanging out, at the Arizona Lake, and he took a very scary tumble when he was trying to do a backflip. According to the report, Manziel posted a video of himself jumping from a cliff in Lake Pleasant at Lake Pleasant Regional Park in Peoria, Arizona. The former Cleveland Browns and Texas A&M quarterback appeared to slip while trying to make the leap. He actually captioned the photo and the video, Flawless Execution. And at the end of the day, he also had a little bit of fun making fun of himself when people started... Talking about him on the national spotlight because it started going viral. It went a little bit from here to there. And it was really funny that he talked about his NFL career. And somebody posted about, what would you caption this backflip? And Manziel comes, probably just like my NFL career. Flop! You gotta love it. Uh, I will say, as much as Manziel has become a controversial guy surrounding A&M, He does know how to laugh things off and he does know how to laugh at himself. And while he may go down as one of the greatest college football players of all time, it's no guarantee that he's going to go down as anything more than just another big time bust at the NFL level. But hey, if you can make fun of yourself and still be viral to this point, you're doing something right. Keeping up to date with some other news going on, there was a recent article posted by Adam Rittenberg of ESPN examining the top 25 offenses in college football that will likely look like over the next three seasons, not just 2020. Uh AM actually made the list. It was actually a pretty significant jump. A lot of people were kind of doubting AM's offense last year. They thought they relied a lot on their defense. But Rittenberg is actually saying that AM's offense throughout the next couple of years will only get better. He has Texas A&M ranked the 16th offense, and it seems like that unit's lack of production in 2019 against a rougher schedule, both in division and outside, played a major factor into the ranking for this year for the 2020 through 2022 schedules. Here's what Rittenberg wrote. Year 3 is pivotal for Aggies coach Jimbo Fisher and his offense, which produced mixed results in 2019. Quarterback Kellen Mond returns for his final season, and Texas A&M should be well covered for 2021 and 2022. With redshirt freshman Zach Calzada, redshirt sophomore James Foster, incoming freshman Haynes King, a top 50 ESPN national recruit. Isaiah Spiller nearly reached 1,000 rushing yards as a true freshman and might lead the ground attack for two more seasons. Another dynamic sophomore, Anaya Smith, could factor in both the running game and at wide receiver. Tight end projects extremely well with Jalen Widemeyer, who tallied 32 receptions, 6 touchdowns in 2019, and Baylor Cup back from injury. Top receiver Jamon Osmond is looking for one more season, but the long-term outlook is very exciting with redshirt freshman Dylan Wright and Cam Brown and incoming freshman Demon Demus. ESPN's number five wideout in the 2020 class. Senior tackles Dan Moore Jr. and Carson Green bolster a veteran line, which features a budding star in rising sophomore Kenyan Green. I think it's interesting. And again, I'm one of those people who, if you ever listen to the show, I'm very critical on Jimbo Fisher because $75 million a season, you should at least have 10 wins a year. If I'm paying that much money every single year, I expect you to have 10 wins. So year three, yes, is a pivotal year for A&M and the 12th man under Fisher. This is now a majority of his players. And that's a big thing that like a lot of people don't realize when you go through the recruiting process. When a new head coach comes in, they'll be able to hopefully bring in some recruits that belong to them, but also they're going to have to save some spots for guys who are already recruited there by the guy in front of him. So Kevin Sumlin, he recruited some guys. Jimbo Fisher comes in. He brings some of his guys, such as former running back Jay Sean Corbin. But at the same time, he has to leave some spots open for Sumlin's guys who already were destined to come here. Now in 2019, he was able to go get his entire first recruiting class for A&M. And in 2020, he was able to get his second recruiting class for A&M. While it looks like it's split down the middle, if you actually look at who was recruited by who, it's almost leaning well past the halfway point for Fisher. It's a predominantly Fisher-based roster right now. And when you look at Fisher's roster, these are his players. So I give him some slack in his first two years. Mainly in his first year, you give him a lot of slack. Because if it's not his players. Last year, you can kind of give him slack with a tougher schedule, this year, there is none. Your biggest two games outside of the conference, or at least the SEC West, are Fresno State, Colorado, and then outside the SEC West is Vanderbilt. That's it. Like, that's that's your schedule. You have no reason not to be good. I do think when you look into the future, again, they're going to play Colorado back-to-back years, and you're going to have a change at quarterback, whether that be Foster, Calzada, King, one of them is likely going to transfer. One of them will likely stay as the backup. One of them will hopefully be the long-term option at starter. I think both Calzada and King make a ton of sense to be the future of the organization and the future of the program. You have Demon Demas coming in. Uh, you also have Moose Jr. Moose Muhammad was a fantastic wide receiver at the NFL level. Now his son is going to join at A&M. and he will likely be an early contributor it makes a lot of sense that ESPN is ranking them at least in the top 25 for the next three years. You got to remember, this is a three-year stint. So you can evaluate during that time. The offense could be very below average, but the defense stay really consistent and they win 10 games this year. The offense could be number two in the, in the nation this year. If if all the offensive line holds together and looks better than last year, they could be the number one scoring offense. If Kellen Mann can figure it out, easily. They could be at least the number one scoring offense in the SEC. They have a good running back. They have decent weapons. They have two tight ends who can kind of take the place of the production of both Kendrick Rogers and Courtney Davis combined. Why not? I don't see a problem with this at all. I see this as a very big success. So again, 16 over the next three years, really plausible. If this was in 2021 and we could see what this looks like in 2020, I could see them being top 10. I really could. We're going back to our what if series. Earlier this week, we talked about what if Jimbo Fisher wasn't hired by Texas A&M. And now we're going to look at what would happen if Kyle Allen or Kyler Murray never transferred from College Station. First, we'll do Kyler Murray. Second, we will do Kyle Allen. And we'll end the show with that. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in just a quick moment. Howdy everybody, it's Cole Thompson from Locked on Aggies and much like you I'm trying to stay in shape during this quarantine without going to the gym but part of staying in shape is by having the right nutrients added to your body. And I think I've recently found something that really is not only great tasting, but great for me. And that's in Built Bars. Built Bars are more than just a tasty treat. They are a protein-packed power bar that keep you going throughout the days. And they come in 16 amazing flavors, all covered in 100% real chocolate, plus they're soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy because it helps you lose and maintain your weight while also having a delicious flavor added to your mouth. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high in protein. Let me give you my favorite example for the peanut butter brownie. comes with 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. 3 grams of sugar! You're not going to be able to find that anywhere else. Why don't you go ahead and try your favorite bar by going to builtbar.com and using the promo code locked on to get $10 off your first order? Remember, that promo code is locked on for $10 off builtbar.com. So go ahead and try your favorite built bar today. Not only will you be building muscle, you'll be building confidence in yourself to look better when it comes time for summer season. Giggum, y'all. Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you like quality content surrounding by people who understand your favorite team and know what they're talking about with their analysis, quick minds, and ability to connect with the average fan? Simple. Listen to a Locked On podcast. There's over two dozen college sports shows, plus we have a ton of talent at the NFL NBA, MLB, NHL, and all the up-to-date information to help you win your fantasy sports season. So go ahead and follow us on iTunes, click that link in Spotify, or go to LockedOnPodcast.com and start listening to your favorite Locked On Podcast team today. We're talking about what-ifs this week. What if Jimbo Fisher did not come to Texas A&M? There's another one, and I'll just preview it right now. What if Texas A&M and Texas never stopped playing each other. But the main one today that we're going to focus on, what if Kyler Murray or Kyle Allen never left College Station? How would this roster be any different? And more specifically, would Kevin Sumlin have been fired yet or just fired this year because if he was able to keep one of the two Prime prospects in the state of Texas. So why don't we start with the guy who actually is making a name for himself in the NFL. He is the most decorated of the two. He's had a pretty stellar career in college, even though it did not start well. And that'd be Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's journey to A&M started off with everything he did at the high school level in Allen, Texas, right outside of Dallas. For the Eagles, he was a star. He was named the starting quarterback his sophomore year, and that was in 2012. His first year, he threw for 2,040 yards, 17 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, but he also rushed for 1,300 yards, averaging 7.3 yards per carry, and scored 25 touchdowns. Allen won state that year. 2013, he only got better. He had a 63.7 completion rating, Threw for 3,669 yards, threw for 46 touchdowns against 9 interceptions, rushed for 1,274 yards, averaging 8.4 yards per carry. So, his numbers went down in the rushing, but they also went down in attempts, but up in average. And he scored 19 touchdowns. 2014, his final year, when he was named the Gatorade Football Player of the Year nationally. 443 pass attempts, he threw... For 4,713 yards, he only improved his passer rating to 64.2% completion. 54 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, 1,495 yards on the ground, 9.9 yards per carry, 25 rushing touchdowns again. By the end of his career, not only did Kyler Murray win 43 Straight games, three state titles, and finished with a perfect 42-0 record as the team's starting quarterback. He threw for 10,386 yards, 117 touchdowns against 22 interceptions, 4,139 rushing yards, and 69 rushing touchdowns. He had over 160 touchdowns for his career total. That was just him. That's not including the running backs. It's not including the offense. In three years, he had that much. He was also a baseball player. Very, very strong baseball player. He was recruited to go play Texas A&M, both college football and college baseball. Five-star recruit. He was ranked the number one dual-threat quarterback in the nation. He was the number... uh, I think he was the number two overall consensus player in the nation. He was considered one of the top prospects in the 2015 MLB draft in high school. He played shortstop and second base. Uh, He was actually drafted late in the 7th or 8th round or something like that. Then he went to A&M. As a true freshman in 2015, Kyler Murray competed with Kyle Allen before the season started at the quarterback position. Allen won the job, with Murray appearing as a backup and in Wildcat formations. So, much like how... Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill this year they would use a wildcat formation they would bring Marcus Mariota in he would come in he'd either take a run or he'd do a quick handoff, it'd be a pitch back to him and they would throw it downfield that was what he was for Kevin Selma that year The team lost two straight games in October and the competition was kind of open again during the South Carolina game. Murray won the starting job. In his first start, he threw for 223 yards, rushed for 156 yards with a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown, making him and Cam Newton the only SEC quarterbacks in the past 20 years to gain over 100 passing yards and rushing yards in their first career start. He kind of just bounced around a little bit. His numbers really weren't... That impressive, but at the same time, he was a freshman. So what are you going to do? In his lone year with Texas A&M, he would throw for 59.9%. He'd have a QBR rating of 109, 686 uh, yards, 5 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He also would rush for 335 yards and 1 rushing touchdown. He would transfer to Oklahoma and only become better because of it. He didn't play much in 2017 because he did have to sit out in 2016. But 2018 rolled around and he took the place of Heisman Trophy winner and number 1 overall pick Baker Mayfield. And the team didn't lose a beat. In his lone season as the team's starting quarterback, he threw for 69% of his passes, 4,361 yards, 42 touchdowns. He had a passer rating of 199.2. He also rushed for 12 touchdowns off 1,000 yards and 140 carries, averaging 7.2 yards per carry. He led the nation in completion percentage, passing yards, passing touchdowns, and he set a Big 12 record for QBR. While doing that, he played for the Oklahoma Sooner baseball team as a left fielder. He had a 122 batting average and 6 runs batted in in 27 games his first year. He played in the Collegiate Summer Ball Classic and the Cape Cod League for the Harwich Mariners in 2018 as a center fielder. He batted 296 with 10 home runs, 47 RBIs, and 10 stolen bases. The Oakland Athletics selected Murray with the ninth overall pick in the 2018 draft. He said that he would uh, he signed his contract originally with the A's that included a $4.66 million signing bonus. Prior to his junior year with the football team, Murray said that he would report to spring training to begin his professional baseball career. However, following his Heisman Trophy campaign, he would forgo his senior season and enter the draft. So, also, let's just say he fizzles out in football, and he's done, he's not doing good, and we don't know what's going to happen with him. We don't, because he's only had one year, and in that one year after being drafted number one overall by the Arizona Cardinals, he threw for 3,722 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 544 rushing yards, four touchdowns on the year. The biggest thing was he had five fumbles, and that's only going to hopefully improve with a better offensive line. But say he doesn't want to play football anymore, and he's really not liking it, and he's hating his situations. The A's own his rights. So not only would Kyler Murray, who, behind a still decent offensive line at A&M, they weren't anything special, but they were okay. They were not bad. Would be coached by Jimbo Fisher, who has worked with quarterbacks his entire life. If this was to be true and, and someone was to be fired at this point. Let's just go, Let's also throw that into the mix. But say he was, he'd work with Fisher. Would A&M have been in the college football playoff last year? Because Kellen Mond did not have a bad year, but he didn't also have an elite year that would have put them over the edge. Kyler Murray had an elite year that put them over the edge. In Oklahoma. He kept them involved. And when they looked down and out against Alabama going into halftime of that Orange Bowl, Kyler Murray showed why he's going to be the number one overall pick. Baseball? Would he have been a second baseman? Would he have been an outfielder? Doesn't matter. If he had those stats on that team, maybe A&M would have gone to the College Baseball World Series. Maybe they would have. Maybe we would have seen Rob Childress's squad... Make that jump. But instead, because of poor planning, and there's a lot of stories that go into this, I, I we don't have time to really break down all the stories that go into Kyler Murray's departure from AM. But what we do know is if he would have stuck it out for one or two more years, would he have been the reason AM is talked about as a top five program in the nation? Would he have been able to help recruit better? Would he have been able to put that team above the ranks? Maybe. Maybe he would have. But maybe also, the smart thing to do was for Murray to transfer, but then you admit right then and there, Kyle Allen is your starting quarterback. Because part of the reason Kyle Allen transferred was he was not respected when given the starting role. So what would have happened if Kyle Allen would have stayed with the 12th band We'll be breaking that down in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies for all your up-to-date information surrounding everything going on in College Station. We're talking about what ifs this week. We already broke down what if Kyler Murray never transferred from Texas A&M, but what if Kyle Allen never transferred from Texas A&M? You got to remember that at one point, These two were viewed as the future of the quarterback position at the NFL level, and both of them are in the NFL. One was taken number one overall, one was not drafted. Both played under Kevin Sumlin in in College Station. Allen attended Desert Mountain High School in Scottsdale, Arizona. He passed for over 8,000 yards and 86 touchdowns, was rated a five-star recruit by Rivals.com, and was considered the best pro-style quarterback overall that year. In 2013, he committed to Texas A&M to play college football. He was highly recruited by teams including Alabama, Arizona, Arizona State, Boise State, California, Colorado State, Duke, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Ohio State, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, UCLA, and Wisconsin. He also played for the 2014 U.S. Army All-American Bowl. He completed 12 of his 18 passes and set an Army Bowl record with 183 passing yards. In 2014, as a freshman, Allen would compete with Kenny Hill for the starting job. Hill would ultimately win it, but he ended up losing it after the team lost three straight games in October. On September. 14th 2014 he made his first appearance with the aggies going six for 12 in completions for 122 yards two touchdowns and an interception the next week he took on number three auburn in auburn he led the unranked aggies past the tigers while throwing for 277 yards and four touchdowns for a 41 to 38 win he finished his first year with a three and two win loss record including a bowl game and its mvp award he finished the entire freshman season going 61.5 61.5 completion rating, 1,322 passing yards, 16 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. With Kenny Hill transferring, he was positioned to be the starter in 2015. Then they got Kyler Murray. And I'm started the year off really great. They went 5-0, Alabama the SEC in passing efficiency. Then against Alabama, he threw 3 interceptions and 2 were returned for touchdowns and a 41-23 loss. During that game, he had thrown for 50% of his passes. He went 12 for 34 for 88 yards in a 23 to 3 loss to Ole Miss the next week. The Friday before the following game, Kyler Murray was named the starter, and Allen started to practice with the third team offense. He actually suffered a shoulder injury, an AC sprain, but never told the coaches uh, that, and that kind of hurt him. So he ended up may losing a lot of time. He would return as the starter for a 25 to nothing victory over Vanderbilt. And he played his last game going 15 of 28 for 161 yards and a touchdown in a 19 to 7 loss to LSU. He finished his second year with 2210 passing yards, 17 touchdowns and 17 seven interceptions. He also ran for 65 yards and two touchdowns. Now here's where things get a little confusing. If Allen would have waited two more weeks, he would have been named likely the starter for the 2018 16 season. He would have been able to come in and he would have been able to compete immediately. He would have been able to stay as the starter because Kyler Murray, two weeks after Allen announced that he was going to transfer, also announced he was going to transfer. That left AM without a starting quarterback. That left the Aggies. Scummaging around trying to find someone that, you know, they went from multiple different players. Jake Hubernack was one. Uh, they also had Calan Mond, of course. Nick Starkle got the start as well. They had, to, they had to find someone to come in immediately. And if Allen would have waited just two more weeks, 14 days, he could have been the starter. Instead, he transfers to Houston, where he had an abysmal career. There's not even a nice way to put it. 751 passing yards, four touchdowns, four interceptions, and was benched in favor of Kyle Postma during Houston's third game against Texas Tech after throwing four interceptions through his first three games. He would announce that he would go to the NFL for the 2018 NFL Draft. Since then, I mean, he's not a great quarterback at the NFL level, but he could be worse. First year, he would play in two games for 266 yards, two touchdowns. Last year for the Carolina Panthers, 3,322 yards, 17 touchdowns, and 16 interceptions. He had an 80 uh, passer rating. He was then traded to the Washington Redskins for a fifth-round pick to reunite with former Panthers head coach Ron Rivera, who was named the team's head coach on January 1st of this year. If Allen stayed at AM, would he have been a first-round pick? Probably not. In fact, I would say right now, no, he wouldn't. But he would not have gone undrafted. And he probably could have gone to a team that could have used him. And if he would have stuck around, maybe they would have found an offensive coordinator that knew how to work with him. Because he would have probably been gone before Fisher got there. He would have had to have gotten injured, and they would only have one year with Fisher. That was the only way he was going to be able to play with Fisher. But if he would have stayed one more year... What could have happened? Could AM have actually been something special on offense? Whether it's Kyler Murray or Kyle Allen, one thing was certain the deal that made both of them transfer was the knife in Kevin Selwyn's coffin. He needed to show right then and there, I will win with whoever plays my quarterback position, and they were the problem. They did it, he was fired. Enter Jimbo Fisher. Even if Kyle Allen has not had a stellar NFL career or had a atrocious time at Houston, maybe he would have won you enough games to stick around another year or someone. But unfortunately, due to the wishy-washy quarterback position, especially after a year before Allen already went through it, he was done. He was not going to stick around anymore. At some point, can you blame him? That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. And make sure you check out Chad Forbes' NBA Big Board Draft. Chad Forbes is one of the greatest minds out there when it comes to breaking down content for NBA players. You're going to want to make sure you listen to his brand new show. It's out three days a week. And tomorrow, continuing our What If series, What If A&M and Texas never stopped playing each other. One of the greatest rivalries in sports up until the 2012 season has disappeared completely. And it's not looking like it's coming back soon. But what would have happened if every year they saved one game for each other to continue to either saw them off or give them back? We'll be talking about that tomorrow. We'll see you then. And remember, give them y'all. This has been Lot On Aggies, presented by the Lot On Podcast Network.